the Ninja Rob Podcast with Marco Perazzo and Tim Carpenter. The podcast for the true martial artist. Feels like we've leveled up our technology game here thanks to the... The MacBook thing. The MacBook? What about the microphones, dude? Yeah. These microphones, like, they're amazing. I finally hear how beautiful my voice is. Sultry, your sultry tones? Yeah. Welcome, everyone, to the Ninja Rob Podcast. We're here at SFX Studios, newly upgraded, updated... Uh, by the way, you know, we never thank Devin enough. Last week, we got a lot of content out of his asshole. This this week... We got to update. He's sitting again. He, sit, he, is, he is seated. He's, I believe it's a latex donut. Yeah, some kind of donut. I don't know about latex. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a it's donut. Ru- it's a donut. It's not a Wawa donut, just so that we understand. Yeah. It is a rubber donut. Uh, but new microphones, Shure SMB7s. Mm-hmm. See that right off the top, these same the same ones you'd see Joe Rogan talking to. Yep, us Rogan, we're we're running with the big dogs now. Yeah, but again, did you see the sticker logo he did for my school? Yes, I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. First sent it to me, I was like, ah, I don't know, not feeling it. He goes, bro, believe me, people are gonna love it. Yeah. He was scared. Yeah, I know. He doesn't. Have, he doesn't have an eye for like art, artistic stuff. I don't know if I don't have an eye for artistic stuff. I, I have somewhat of a conservative view on things when it comes to the school. And Devin's like, "Look, this is dope. People are gonna love it." And I'm like, "Ah, whatever, bro. I don't know. I don't believe it." And then I was like, "Ah, can we change the snake into a belt?" And he goes, "That's whack." I think those are his exact. No, terms. I said soft. <laughs> it is soft. It is it's soft. soft and whack. It is, it's <laughs> so. Then I think we kind of bounce the idea of using the tail of the snake as the tip of the belt. Right. And you like that idea a lot, and yeah. you implemented it. And the implementation, it was like, great. Yeah. I I can't tell you the compliments I've gotten on the sticker. People want patches, T-shirts. Mm-hmm. So if, and this is all leading into, if you need anything when it comes to artwork, logo. It's called graphic design. Create. Right, that's how you would describe it. Graphic yeah, design. but it's but sometimes for people you have to break it down oh, into yeah. all the different things. If you need any services, yeah, okay. exactly. There's, it's probably we should tell people what you don't do more than what you do do. Do do, yeah. Uh, because you do a lot, man. The podcast, portraits, portraits, sound yeah. engineering, photography, like, everything. Ph- photography, video, do video. No, see, no. At so. Devin Wade <laughs> on Instagram. So please, he's done a bunch of logos, as Tim liked to point out, graphic design. For Wolf Jiu-Jitsu, now the new logo that we're using. Which is why he wanted a new logo, because he was kind of, he was jealous. <laughs> I, was, I was jealous of the sticker on my laptop, and then, but you, it, 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 was, it was a hot design, so I appreciate it. Thank you very much. So, You're welcome. there's your commercial. Yeah. We are the Ninja Rob Podcast. I'm Marco Perrazzo, head instructor, owner of New Jersey Martial Arts. Tim and I are here watching flow grappling. It might be hard to concentrate on the pot. I'm, I'm really into this, especially this match. Yeah, Jamil Hill versus Nikki Ryan. Very interesting got? match. Uh, I don't have, I, I, I don't think Nikki Ryan gets out of into the finals. So I don't know. I don't know okay, at what point he loses. In this match, who do you think is going to win? I think Nikki Ryan, but I think All it's right. going to be a good match. I'm going to go with Jamil. Okay. Um, you said you had some. Uh, you want to introduce I said yourself? Something. Yeah. No. I think the people know. The, the people, the fans know. <laughs> I think they know. Gotcha. Uh, Hey, if not, listen to one of the old podcasts and you can hear me introduce myself. Bro, you just did the Andocast? The Andocast. Man, I, I, 
I listened to it intently. I I sure did. I felt like uh he's I a big fan. I, I feel I feel <laughs> more like more so of, of mine than yours. No, but no, no. He likes the podcast. He does. I think he likes a lot of the podcast. Uh seems to do a nice it. what's that? At least half of it. At least well, we're I'm waiting for him to reach out for my invitation. He's invited me on the podcast, but I haven't gotten an, an official right. invitation. So once that occurs, I will go on the Endocast and uh, straighten straighten the record out. He's uh he's on top of his stuff. He said he's like kind of with his guests. He's got he's booked up for like he booked it with me like a month or two ago. Gotcha. He, he, he's got his, his schedule laid out just like, like us. us. Just like us. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, how did it feel? Like, what'd you think of being on the Endocast? Seems like he's got, like, a, is it a home studio? Is that what he's doing? It was in his apartment. Nice. It was cool. There was a bunch of Funko Pops everywhere. Nice. It was like being in Santini's house. Exactly. I told him he should have Santini on. Uh, Santini might have an orgasm if he walked into his place. The Chronos uh, of Time? But it was cool. He's he's a good a good podcaster. I mean, I don't know how you judge a podcaster, but it was it was easy to do. Right. Like, it was, there wasn't, like, dead time. No, it was it was fun to listen to, and I think he guys, wasn't like constantly bickering with me or, you know, well, arguing with me. He was he's afraid of you, so. You know. But uh, yeah, it was it was definitely it was definitely good. It's nice to see that the podcast community is growing, and his podcast is a, is not nearly as niche as ours. Like he does some jujitsu, but like music, music and that stuff, kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How how did you get invited onto the podcast? He sent me a message on Instagram. Uh, he had had Zach Green on. Okay. So he he trains at Noah's Spears. Noah Spears. Um, Spear Jiu-Jitsu. Big grand opening this weekend. Mm -hmm. um, and then he had Zach Green on, and Zach Green had mentioned my name, and then he hit me up. Yeah. And the rest is history. Yeah, there there it is. So, what's it called again? The, the Andocast. Andocast. Yeah. Good, does a good job. I think he's got these same microphones as well, so he's he's into his tech. The SMBs? These? Yeah. Oh. It looked like it anyway from the picture I saw. They, they look pretty similar. So... But what did I say that you have such an issue with? There's a lot of things he said. There's okay. a lot of inaccuracies there. We'll get one. I don't want to address them here because this isn't the forum. The forum is on his podcast, the Andocast. But and until and just so that he's clear, I currently beefing with him until I get an invitation. So what is that? What is your beefing with the Andocast? Because it sounds like you've been speaking highly of him recent, like today, up until right now. Oh, I'm, now you're going to talk I'm, shit. Okay. No, no, I'm not talking shit. I'm just saying like. I'm the the gilly beef is over, like you know. So all that's required for beef to happen is to say that there's beef, and then you don't have to do anything. One hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, what do you, how do you think beefs occur? Somebody just manufactures it. But I'm saying I thought there was like a process of beef that has to like uh, like you say bad things about each other, you insult each other a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, he hasn't invited me on the podcast. There's an insult. He invited you first. The number one insult. You know what I'm saying? Like you're second in command here. How did you, how, how did you get invited before me? I'm sorry. What? I'm watching. That. Uh, yeah. So that that's uh, what's and the Andocast. His name is Andy. So Andy, I'm currently beefing with you. But you can squash the beef the second I get an official invite, not just one that's. Oh yeah, well, we're gonna have Marco on at some point. Got to mm -hmm. talk to me. Can't can't just assume I'm gonna come on. Yeah, and, and, and Andocast, don't be surprised if Marco turns you down when you, when you officially invite him. Right, or not show up when I'm supposed to be there. But no, I love, I love talking in the microphones. So, big week of grappling. Last week, the uh, freestyle and Greco-Roman World Championships occurred. Some mm -hmm. upsets. Jordan Burroughs 
took takes third, which is an upset for you know, kind of an mm. upset for him. Not so much. He he had lost to that guy before. Yeah, that's it's true. Almost the exact same way. Kyle from, Snyder taking third. You would have thought that he at least would have gotten into the finals. Sort of, yeah, because yeah. he's got to go up against Sajulayev, who is arguably the best wrestler in the world right now. No, I I would I would say Jaden Cox. The only problem with Jaden Cox is he's competing at a non-Olympic weight. So oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So he won the world championships at a non-Olympic weight, and he'll get, I believe, straight into the quarterfinals of whatever, uh, when when they do the um, the tournament for the for the Olympic team, mm-hmm. he'll he's got to decide what weight class he's going to be in, and he'll be in the quarterfinals. Had he won, I I believe this to be true. Had he won an Olympic weight. Then he would have gone right into the finals. Okay. Yeah. So he's got just got to pick if he's going to move up or move down. But it I'm the just, crazy thing with him is that he hasn't been scored on in over a year. I don't think he's been scored on in any effective. Like he's got had points scored against them when it didn't matter. I think is what they were saying because I saw some of the match like fourteen to two and you know uh, okay. the, that, that kind of stuff. But I, I see, yeah, he hadn't had like a real point score. Hasn't been taken down. Maybe that's, that's it. That's it. Yeah, hasn't been taken down in over a year. So, but and now this weekend. ADCC going on right now. The Olympics of submission grappling. We're watch. We're currently watching Jamil Hill versus Nikki Ryan. Timmy's uh, going with Jamil Hill. I'm going with Nikki Ryan, but I don't think, I, as much as I respect both of these guys, because these guys are unbelievable, right? Jamil Hill is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion, one of the few Americans that have ever done it in the gi, and Nikki Ryan is a member of the death squad. But uh, these guys are going back and forth. Nikki Ryan, th- this part of the bracket for this weight class. Might be the toughest bracket in the whole tournament. Yeah, this half. Yeah, it's a, all these brackets are crazy. Um, who do you got in this weight class? I had it written down somewhere. I put, I believe it's Tanquinho. Really? Um, yeah, I think he's got a good like he's he's good at shutting people down and scoring points. Yeah, right. And on the other side, I can't remember who I have on the other side of this division. I forget who's in the other side of the bracket. I would say Meow probably win this one. You think so? This division, yeah. And then, uh, what's the next one? Seventy-seven. Yeah, that's uh, is that Tonin? No, no, that's JT. It's Tonin and JT yeah. and Wagner. It's a bunch of good same things. Crazy I have I have Canudo in the finals of that one. That guy, that guy's like unbelievably impressive. I really like. Yeah, I think game. JT will win again. He had a tough time in his first match. I think he won by possibly ref's decision or negative. Hmm. So. Oh, he had a uh, who do you have? Ross Ross Nichols. Never heard of him. Yeah, it's a uh, from England, some British dude. That's one of the cool things about Abu Dhabi. There's always like some guy you never heard of that comes out of nowhere, puts yeah, on a good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like a couple of years ago was uh, Craig Jones. Mm-hmm. This year it could be who knows. It could be Nicky Rodriguez. I mean, he won. Beat my. Uh, I'm not, I don't even know if it was controversial or not, but he beat uh, Muhammad Ali. It was, it was a ref's decision. So I don't cl- know if it was close, controversial, but it was close. Close and tight match. And uh, he's got Orlando Sanchez next, so that's that's tough. He's a Hulk of a human being. Yeah, he's like a 300 pound. Five foot two, amazing a- muscle, yeah. and an amazing yeah. athlete too. He was like know? a cat. Yeah. So I don't, you know, it, I don't think Rodriguez will um, out athletic him based on being three hundred pounds too. You know. And Rodriguez has a match in Fight to Win Philly against Kainan Duarte. That's a tough one too because he's on the other side of that division. So mm-hmm. if you wanted to see who I picked for the finals, if you go to my Instagram at Team NJMA, I have an envelope. I uh, did it all on the back of an envelope. Oh, nice. Yeah, Hallmark card envelope and uh i got all my finals there this match is super interesting any points scored nothing yet no i think nikki ryan swept him in 
the four points. May have gotten a takedown in the beginning, too. We'll see if Jamil can sweep him here, maybe take the back. But this is such an awesome tournament. Do you do you remember back in the day when they were actually doing it in Abu Dhabi? Yeah. Which was amazing. I'd, years, I'd yeah. have to wait till like three in the morning to find the uh, the results of this. There we go. There's a heel hook in place. Ah, but yeah. He's, he has freed up the knee line. If he back steps all the way over. He could take his back from here. Yeah. No one applauded there. But this is this could have been a finals match. This weird position is like one of the Jamil's best positions. Is it really? He's really good at like, oh. Is that points? Not yet. No, Man. there's no points scored. Yeah, it's crazy how good these, these guys are. Oh. Man. I, this might be the, our worst podcast ever because we're watching this, these matches. But this is amazing. Like, how how old are both of these kids? Uh, they're both. I think Jamil is like twenty one, twenty two. Right. And Nikki Ryan is like 18, 17, 18. I, I don't know wh where or when we were talking about like kids getting started in this. Oh, Nikki Ryan got two. Kids getting started in this, right? And these are this is the the perfect example of you saying. I remember is that the Jamil, end of the match. Yeah, I remember Jamil when he was a little kid. Like I used right. to go down to Lloyd's and train, and he was like a little kid in the kids' class. Where when did he score that too? I think off the uh, when they stood up, he got a single. Jamil went for the Kimura, right? And Nicky uh, Ryan ended up on top. Up on top. Okay. If he had stood back up again, he wouldn't have got the two, but he went to guard. So, but look, I mean, he's huffing and he's probably got really good cardio. But that this is the reason why I don't think he gets out of this bracket. To into the finals because of how tough his next match is going to be, mm -hmm. you know, whoever he, he goes up against. It's just a, this is like a brutal bracket for these guys. But also, they, I think they have two matches today, two tomorrow. Yeah. So, so, so you could go balls to the wall here. Yeah. And, and save it. Who's, who's up now? It was uh, Bruno Frazado and Ty Rotolo. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, this is, this is crazy, guys. We, we're, as you could tell, true fans of grappling, jujitsu. As we're watching um, ADCC, as we're doing the podcast with our new microphones. This is a good match. Who's Mateus this? Gabriel and Gio Martinez. I'm never really a big fan of Gio Martinez. He's Me either, but I like Mateus Gabriel. He's really good. Not, He's not a good gee guy. Okay. All right. Um, he, he broke, or not broke, but like really fucked up uh, Cobrina's kid's arm in his first match of Black Belt. Yes. Yeah, and Kennedy Maciel. Yeah, yeah. And then I think Kennedy put him to sleep, Nogi, with a rear naked. There, so pay, payback. But he, this guy submitted, and this guy just beat Jamil in the world's list this year. Really? He submits a lot of people. No, Gi or Gi? Uh, Gi. Okay. Yeah. But enough about enough about these, these guys, guys that nobody <laughs> ever heard of. <laughs> so did you see the some of the major pullouts of ADCC? Keenan had to pull out? Mm hmm Who else had to pull out? Uh, Keenan's probably the biggest one, right? Keenan is the most disappointing. And then Dylan Dennis. Dylan the, that's the most disappointing for basically the reason why Dylan Dennis pulled out. Why did he pull out? The rumor is because he broke up with his girlfriend. Oh. Yeah. Must be heartbroken. Where'd you hear that? The internet. Oh, okay. Instagram. <laughs> I also heard... Uh, so, Gordon... Uh, so, I'm not particularly a fan of how Gordon Ryan approaches social media. Sometimes he does some good things on there, though. He he does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and when I say I'm not a fan, he's he's not doing it for my demographic, right? Like the people that that, that his social media resonates with aren't 47 year old dudes with three kids, and you know, in, in 
their own schools. He's he's a much different demographic than than I am. Right, he's doing it for the guys that are going to go to his seminars and. Right, I, I may even go to Instagram. a seminar, but like the people that get hyped up for that kind of stuff, I'm like, I, I don't even know if Instagram's real life. But to these guys, Instagram is is a yeah, part of their real life for sure. So I believe he posted. I shouldn't say I believe. I saw him post to Dylan. Please ask your mom to not contact my coaches and ask me to pull these posts down. Yeah. I, I gotta he he did everybody a solid on that one. Like that's that's just fucked but awesome at the same time. Like as much as it's cringy, I'm like, Jesus Christ, that guy's got some balls or he doesn't just give a fuck. You know what's fucking crazy is that how he makes a lot of good points about Dylan Dylan Dennis rarely wins. Right. You know what I mean? He's, In grappling. He's he's, he's lost to Tonin, he's lost to Ryan. Like he who, normally he usually he loses in grappling at, yeah. at this high level. Gordon is light years ahead of him. Clearly. I mean, actually, they had a very close match. Like, the last one. Bill and Dennis is very good, but... Yes. Um, but not as but good as Gordon. Not a, not anywhere close, uh, especially credential-wise. But I think Dylan Dennis is like a million followers on Instagram, and he, Gordon Ryan has like 200, 195, 200. So what you're saying is, is that Gordon's winning the, the battle, and Dennis is winning the war. Yeah. Gordon, step up your... Because I don't you, think you know Dylan Dennis's goal is not to be the gra best grappler on earth. I think what Gordon needs to do is is focus more time on Instagram and the possible. internet. I don't think that's possible. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> he needs he needs to get, uh, redouble his efforts on the internet because he might not be spending enough time on it to to get the kind of outcomes that uh, that Dylan Dennis. But it just goes to show you that the best guy isn't necessarily the most popular guy. True, and so enough about Dennis. Keenan Cornelius not competing really sucks because it would have been interesting to see post Atos some of the down the Donaher influence and had he gone up was he in the nine would he have been in Gordon's weight class or yeah, was he, yeah. they were in the same weight if they would have made it to because they were the finals the last time they did it they right? also could have been matched up first round that's true too. As a, I think um, how do they do the seedings do you know uh, I'm not sure how they do it but uh, I know I forget what. Oh, two of the Donaher guys are matched up. Like, if they both win their first match, they fight Tonin and Taza. Yes. If they both win their first, yes. they fight each other in their second. And they have to, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, because you they can't They made bow. that rule years ago because they had, remember all the fake matches that the Gracie Baja guys did? All the fake, there was a lot of fake matches that yeah. a lot of guys did. Yeah. But, like, Marcio Fitosa ran out and got guillotined in five seconds by Henzo. Or was it Matt Serra? I forget. I'm pretty sure it was Henzo. That, okay. Yeah, Fitosa and Henzo. Nice. They were just, like, splitting up the money. Yeah. yeah. It is it is what it is, but, uh, but that's what one of the coolest things about Abu Dhabi is that they uh, like really forbid that and they punish it. Like if you if they find out that you did a fake match or you're not allowed to bow out to people, it and it was pretty ballsy for those guys to to throw those matches in Abu Dhabi because mm -hmm. you could have been like thrown in prison and <laughs> you know had you like your hands cut off by yeah. the sheik. So uh, Keenan not being in is, it, it really sucks, and it was because of uh, viral pink eye. You've had that. I've. It is like people are trying to think. It sucks ass. Well, maybe that's how we got that's it. I'm not sure. Got yeah, it. yeah, but uh, it is terrible. It's painful. It takes a long time to heal, and there is absolutely nothing you could do about it. When I caught it, uh, I caught it from another jujitsu guy, much like he he did it. A guy that was visiting the school who had caught it from another jujitsu guy, and uh, when I went to Will's Eye Hospital, which is like a premier eye hospital in Philadelphia. They quarantined me. Hmm. It it was that um, contagious that I got quarantined 
And I think it took me two weeks to recover. Like I couldn't teach class. I had that crazy weepy eye for a while. Yeah, I remember. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I was truly suffering. Yeah, that's what I like. <laughs> I like the most. Um, does it hurt? It sucked. It it hurt. There was a there was a time when you, I became so light sensitive that sunglasses and a hat weren't enough. Yeah. And I'm driving like hoping that I'm not hitting anything. Just like. <laughs> going you know like my spider senses were going so um shout out to keenan cornelius hopefully you recover and sometimes you there's permanent uh damage to your to your eyeball from it did you get that in your bad one or your good i one? did i lucked out i got it oh, in okay. the cataract <laughs> one so it didn't matter it was just painful and light sensitive but it didn't affect my vision okay because i had no vision in that eye so uh any particular predictions you want to throw out there what about uh galval versus pena super, uh, super fight I'll go with Pena. I, I'm with you on that, Pena. Now, under 90, uh, 99 and overweight class, who do you got? Probably Buchecha. Same thing. Uh, under 99. Uh, Gordon or Vinny might be able to beat him again in the, I, under these rules. I have them I have them both in the finals. Yeah, but uh, I'll go with Gordon. So, Because I had a couple, I did a bunch of predictions on that same envelope pre the bracket mm. and then a, a few of my predictions change based on the, the the bracket but those i have gordon and Vinny in the finals i think that that's a, a distinct possibility under 88 mm. i almost don't care mateus denise i have denise and jones in the finals i who, think that wins i think it's a tough one i think under this rule set i think denise yeah. can can you know hold off enough and not get uh yeah. not get submitted yeah, i think denise will win and then uh 80 or 77 77 that's jt return. I said JT. yeah i can't remember who i have i have tanquino and somebody else in the finals of that one right no, yeah no that's no, that's under 66 a, yeah. i that's forget who one. i have in 77 this one i have uh 66 i have uh meow yeah i have tanquino uh doing enough to win it but I, originally i had nikki ryan winning the whole thing so when i before i saw the bracketing Oh, okay. So when I was just like, when I knew the 16 that were in, I did a bunch of, I did the, my first set of picks and then I did a second set of picks and then I have some wild cards. I, crazy enough, I have Orlando Sanchez as a wild card. He could definitely win. He could de it's been him and Buchecha in the yeah. finals and it's always super close. Yeah. And I had Jameel Hill as a wild card. I mean, he gave Nikki Ryan a, a hard run there. But uh, it's just, just a great tournament, man. This is really good for the fans, really good for grappling. I like that uh, Fight to Win is running it. Uh, Seth Seth Daniels is oh. running the, the doing the production. Oh, really? I didn't realize yeah. that. Okay, because they had a whole big to do yesterday with releasing the brackets on YouTube, mm -hmm. and they you know had everybody walk out. Yeah, so he's uh he put together like everything for it. You know, he had, I mean, there's a there's the money guy that is the promoter. Okay, is that Mo Jasim? Mo Jasim. Okay, Seth Daniels is running it like making it spectator friendly like he did for fight to win you know now are they um is the sheik still involved with this or is it just abu dhabi and name only i'm pretty sure the sheik's involved i'm not sure though. like he's the, the i think yeah i think he's always there like when um in like some sort of throne yeah he's got like a throne that he gets to watch all the matches <laughs> gets carried in like a roman gladiator not even which like i think he should ever. like he's the one that started this thing it was amazing right yeah. like we didn't have this and i like that they do it every two years now mm-hmm I think it's a it's a good thing. It really makes it more Olympic like yeah. as opposed to every year. And I like I do like the old times when they used to put like, you know, it would just be like guys. A couple times they just had like strong men in there. Like it'd be like what sort of they? like pride. Like 
in the beginning, it was the Wild West, right? You had mm-hmm. either these really accomplished grapplers or you had these people that had reputations of mm-hmm. being good grapplers, but nobody knew and they got invited regardless. But there was also wrestlers with no submission experience. Jeff Munson was, well, he had a little bit of submission. He was training in pancreation. Yeah, but there was this like Iranian guy in the first one that was just like a Greco-Roman wrestler. I had no idea. I think it was a, one of my favorite ADCC moments was Ricardo Arona versus, I believe, Barklev. Mm-hmm. Where they all you hear is each other. they start slapping each other, and all you hear is Mario Sperry in the background. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, yeah. I don't know. Like just trying to get him to stop because I think he's afraid he's going to get decapitated yeah. by some <laughs> in some sort of uh, guillotine by the Sheik. But yeah, those are those are crazy, and you know the ADCC has brought us some some pretty impressive uh, firsts in jujitsu and grappling, like Hoyler Gracie getting triangled mm-hmm. by Eddie Bravo was the first time he had ever been submitted in his own weight class. He had lost to Mario Sperry before, right. uh, I think by choke, cl- clock choke then, but uh, that was a, a much bigger guy submitting him. But Hoyler getting um, submitted really, I think, put Eddie Bravo on the map, really yeah. helped that 10th made, Planet. That made Eddie Bravo's whole career because he he got smoked the next round. By Leo Vera. By Leo Vera, yeah. and then he never really competed after that. But no, but, he, but he blew up. And rightfully so. I mean, and mm-hmm. the, the crazy part was is that he did a basic push-pull triangle jump. Yeah. No. It wasn't the rubber guard. Rubber guard. Or it wasn't in mission control. There wasn't, you know. Yeah, Hoyler, Hoyler, like, cut through the rubber guard, like, three or four times in that match. Yeah, and yeah. then he got caught with just, like, a basic basic triangle. And then Leo Vera, you know, just made him his, pardon my language, his bitch in that next match. I think he ran up the score on him and everything. Yeah. But Leo Vera was, like, an unbelievably impressive competitor as well. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion. So that's probably about enough about ADCC. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I, even I'm getting bored. <laughs> Did you see that um, that comment that I sent you? Well, I, th- I know you saw it. So I, I saw it. Yeah, I read it. So it's pretty harsh. It, it was really harsh. So uh, a friend of ours, Angie Vogel. Number one, congratulations to Angie Vogel for being. I believe she's Balance's first female black belt, right? Congratulations on your black belt. Okay. Congrats. But can you confirm that she's the first? I think she is. Yeah. Okay. All right. So so there's it's like a double uh a double congrats, right? Cuz if we were to look at all of jiu-jitsu, like the percentage of women that do jiu-jitsu is probably got to be 10% of the population of jiu-jitsu competitors, mm-hmm. not ju- just jiu-jitsu practitioners. So yeah. To be able to wade through that and get your black belt is an unbelievable accomplishment. And uh, Angie's very skilled. She takes her Muay Thai seriously. I know she teaches. I think she's... She's like full-time Full-time, Yeah, full-time martial arts instructor. And some guy on Reddit, everybody's giving her props and being, you know, just celebratory. And some guy on Reddit, like, just comes in here with an... And I don't even want to dignify what he said by repeating it, but... uh, it was uncalled for. It was uncalled for, mean, you know, like, but, like, isn't that what Reddit's all about? Like, what, like, you shouldn't be, like, Reddit is for the degenerates of the internet. I'm like, on, ex- I'm saying, wait, 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 I'm on Reddit all the time. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but like, the people that hey, go on Reddit, I, I'd, I'd and, like to, I'd like to point out a little bit of my growth here because normally this would have set off a big, <laughs> a big argument. And no, but, I'm just, um, but I'm, I've, I've been working on my gratitude practice, so. <laughs> i'm also grateful (laughs) um but i think you shouldn't ever read comments 
on, especially a place like Reddit, where it's right. like, I would say the majority of the people that lurk around on Reddit are guys that like live in a basement, have nothing going on in their right. life other than to comment on stuff. So I, the only reason I even found out about the the uh, the comment that was made is I, I get a text from Angie, and I go, why is she going in on me right mm -hmm. now, like upset at me? Yeah. And I, I'm trying to figure this out, and it was about something that we had said in a prior podcast, and, and you know, she was you know, trying to make some counterpoints, and points are valid, uh, but we, you know, we say what we say, and we always usually typically stand by what we say. And I don't even think we were talking about jujitsu instructors. I think the, the 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 point in question was about a uh, a karate instructor, mm -hmm. where if if you teach a karate and you're not bringing certain things to the table, like damn, like that's even I think it was just worse. all martial arts instructors. But but I digress. The and then it, as we got further into the text conversation, I you know I found out that it had something to do with this Reddit comment. And the crazy part was is it took me maybe like five minutes to find the comments because of if there was 150 comments on there mm -hmm. 148 of them were congratulatory yeah right and that was that's awesome and i i texted her back i was like yo dude why don't you read the 148 congratulatory yeah. comments and not give a shit about this dude in his mother's basement that doesn't train and is into whatever he's into if you look at his he's in, probably his into insulting women on the internet it's probably like and his, somehow his, thinks his, it's a way of, of meeting them no, or maybe he's, he's an incel. Yeah, he just does it because that's how he, he gets his rocks yeah, off. Yeah, you know? so uh, we're not even going to dignify him with a name or what he said, but congrats to Angie Vogel. Big accomplishment on getting your black belt, but also being uh, Balance Studios' first uh, first female black belt. So congratulations to you, and keep fighting the fight for women in the martial arts because I think it's unbelievably important that women feel like they have uh, a place at the table to, to train and not feel like less than or other. Don't you think that's up to them though? How so? Who's making them not feel welcome? Uh, I don't know. There could be some places you, you'd have to ask. Yeah, a I woman. mean, some places. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying, in my experience, I've never experienced anything other than people being very like uh, encouraging and of women training. So it's like, I don't know. Like, where is it not? I don't know. I've only heard that some places might not be as accepting because actually, they, you know, I do know a guy that has a gym. He doesn't like women. He teaches Muay Thai. He doesn't like women fighting. Okay. So he, he like won't corner. He'll have female students training Muay Thai, but he won't corner them for fights. Okay. He doesn't so, agree with so them there, fighting. So there's an example of it. Right. And I, I think that for me, especially since I have a daughter, it's really important uh, to ha hopefully have her around an environment of other Number one, other women that she can look up to as role mm -hmm. models besides her mom and, you know, aunts and cousins that she might have that she, she looks up to and look at these, you know, strong, powerful women and say, well, they're, they're doing the same thing that I'm doing. And, you know, she's a nurse and does jujitsu and Muay Thai or you're a school teacher. And Why did you pick nurse, a traditionally female occupation? Why didn't you pick something like a firefighter? Because I'm actually thinking of a particular student at my school that's a nurse actually has fought double-digit Muay Thai fights and does jiu-jitsu. Oh, so her name is Jen Zecker. Mm -hmm. Somebody that, you know, like I, if I were to have my daughter at my school during an open mat, I'd be like, hey, check Jen out. Look what Jen's done. She went to school. She's accomplished all these things. And she's in this male-dominated sport and not intimidated uh, to be here, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's why, that's why I picked the nurse. Okay. Yeah.
How's how's that for you? That was good. Yeah. Good comeback. Good. <laughs> that, that was, it just, <laughs> good recovery. We call good that recovery. a, fa- a fact back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so and and for me, it's important. Like I keep saying, because I really want my daughter. I'm hoping that she can love jujitsu like I love it, and and Muay Thai, and and just being in the gym and having fun, but also seeing how many women uh, can really be good at this and. And hold their own and like I keep saying, like a seat at the table and saying, Hey, you know what? It's important that you're that you're doing this because it's not just an activity from for tough guys, it's an activity for everybody. Mm-hmm. Who's going right here? Is this Grippo? Gianni Grippo and Richard Alcar Alacorn. Alacorn. Right. Yeah, so and the, the girls or the women, the so the girls in the kids program and the women in the adult program, uh all are really doing a great job of you know, like taking the bull by the horns and, and, and really training hard and, you know, doing their thing. So speaking of women, yes, there's some woman fighting Gabby Garcia right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a, it's going to be a tough thing for that other woman to, to defeat for anybody in that weight class to defeat Gabby Garcia. Yeah. Now going from women getting their black belts, and dealing with guys not being so nice on Reddit, even though 148 other people were rightfully congratulating Angie. What are your thoughts on the women's only classes and women's only open mats? I hate it. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, I've done, I did women only open mats before. And I would go in, sometimes I would go into the gym, like during the open mat. And it was like a bake sale going on. What do you like? People had everybody brought like cupcakes and brownies and cookies. Literally, they brought pastries. Uh, they weren't selling them. Okay, but, <laughs> but they. But the, it was like it was a social gathering. I I just don't like it. Right. Like open match should be open match should be training everybody training and like there wasn't many people training when I went in and this wasn't I I was probably in there about halfway through. Right. I I hosted one in my school and I was asked to leave. Who asked you to leave? So whoever I forget who was there. They're like, hey, do you? And I was like, no, I'm not leaving. That's see, that's <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I'm scratching the surface of something sh- here. Could you have asked her to leave? Uh, like, I, I wasn't going to, but I, and I made it clear there that I wasn't going to leave. Yeah, like, that's, that's yeah. great because that's what I think. This I'm not a big fan of separating people into groups like that, and then because it could it. It could really boil down to the ridiculous, right? Like I only want to train with somebody that's 32 and 137 pounds and mm-hmm. is a blue belt, right? I So one of my students, Steph, uh, explained to me the one, the only time I could agree where training with another woman can be important is if you're preparing for competition mm-hmm. to be prepared for the, the, the physical aspects a woman has that a man might not and vice versa, Right. Uh, so from that was the only argument I could say, all right, that I understand if you're getting ready for a tournament and it's, you're going up against women, training with women could be beneficial because you, it's going to be a different feel. It's going to be a different pace. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a different strength level, different, maybe even different techniques used. But other than that, uh, I, sometimes the things I've heard is that women feel like guys don't want to train with them. That's why they want to have the female only open mat. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and schools shouldn't be that way. You should just train. Right. right. It's just like if you're gonna train with a woman, you train with a woman, right? It's like if she's a blue belt, you treat her like a blue belt. If she's a purple, you treat her like a purple belt. It doesn't doesn't matter. Right. And this go we'll get more into that in one of these questions later. But um yeah, I don't 
I think a lot of times when you make those those women's only things, it's easy for. Man, it's a tough topic to cover. I know. But, I, I come in and uh, as two white men. What's race have to do with it? I don't know. I figured I'd throw that in, throw you off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just as two men, like we can't understand the experience of a woman, right? But also F they fully, right? And they have no idea what it's like to be a man, so they can't have. So if they're like, "Well, those guys don't want to train with me," you don't understand what's going through my head when I say I don't want to train with you, right? But to be clear, I train with women all the time. I like training with women. I, I do too. I think it's, I, I think um, it's some of the actually from a technical standpoint, some of the best training I get is when I train with with women. Right, I agree. Um, but it can easily turn into a women's only thing can easily turn into like an anti, the, the, the like, like the, I'm going to like the he that, man, the, the he man woman haters club from a uh, little rascals in reverse. Yes. But it, what happened with you was you let a woman have a woman's only open mat and she got abusive with that power and tried to, she tried to like exploit. So, so what happened with me when she said, could you oh, leave okay, fair, when, yeah. A woman asked you to leave I, your own I gym. Stood, I stood up to her tyranny. I know, but that's what can happen with this kind of stuff. Is exactly. it can become, and it become it could become very cliquish, right? Right, and then you can start having a culture of women only wanting to train with women. Which, if you're especially if you're doing something for self defense, you it's, don't need to defend yourself against women. Usually not, right? Most most attacks are happening for against a woman by a man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so if you're competing, I completely get it. Right. Right. And if you're in a yeah. room full of 300 pound guys and you're a 125 pound purple belt female, you're a 125 pound man. It's going to suck. 300 pound guys. Yeah, it's, you're, it's, you're in for a long day. Yeah. 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 Um, so I've seen a thing from a gym where it didn't say women's only. It said no dudes allowed or no dudes training. Which is like exactly what we're talking about. Like it went from this is for women to this is against men. Against men. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's easy to to make that right. And, and, and like, think, how would it be if guys were like, we want men only training because right. we don't want to have to watch what we say. We want to be able to like just go as hard as we want on everybody and not right. take any rounds off. Right. You know what I mean? Like that. How would that make women feel? Right. And see, and sometimes I think people could look. Like, oh, so and so didn't want to train with me. Well, you don't know what their goal was that day. Exactly. Right. If you have a 185 pound competitive man and 120 pound blue belt, regardless of gender, ask them to train and they say no, mm -hmm. he's he's preparing for ADCC. Like, I'm sorry, you're you're in the wrong weight class and the wrong skill level to be asking this person to train. I've asked people to train, they'd be like, nah, you're too big. Right. And it's like, how is that how's that any different? They just don't want to train with me. Yeah. For a physical reason. How's that any different from me not wanting to train with a girl because she just because she's a girl and she's smaller. Whatever. I actually see you train with like when we're at open mats together or at balance. Like uh, see you train with women all the time. I try to always train with women. Yeah, because it's it's like you said you can get really good work and it's um, not that it's easy. It's just that it's not as physically hard on your body. Right. Like as if I train with a guy that's two hundred twenty five pounds trying to kill me. But it's the te he, whoever just submitted somebody with that. Oh. That's a uh, Cobrina's kid. Oh yeah. Can got submitted or did submit looks like he submitted somebody usually okay. you don't submit celebrate no I, I couldn't i couldn't tell who yeah. who was who so uh yeah i i that that's always the fear for me is i want my not the fear but i want to make sure that everybody understands that we all train with each other it's just a human sack of meat 
that does jujitsu regardless of gender size right. and skill level. Yeah, right? everybody. Can, that's the cool thing about jujitsu is that pretty much everybody's treated equally, and there's always assholes out there right. that might just be like, I don't ever want to train with girls. Right. Like there, there are individuals like that, but that's usually not the culture of a gym. But the possibility is also too, right, is that there might be some women that don't want to just train with men for whatever reason. Right, and they want to train. They only want to train with other women. I know that those start your own school. Right, there's there's the uh, I forget their names. Rachel went up against one of them at Fight to Win. Is that because of their religion, they're not allowed to train with men. They can mm -hmm. only train with women. So okay, all right. Well, then that's that's a bit different because of some sort of cultural or mm -hmm. religious standard that you have to keep. So great. Otherwise, I think everybody should just train with everybody, and you get whatever you get out of it. And like you're yeah. saying, if and I tell you, some of the girls that I train with on a regular basis or women that I train with on a regular basis, they can give as much of a physical test to you as any man. And not only just technical test, physical test too. So if I, I, I know you're giving me a face, but I'm, I'm telling you, they can, they could, you know, they're big, fast, strong. So I see, um, I hear you not saying anything, so but you're making faces. <clears throat> This is an interesting, because I had an issue I'm thinking about the no dudes allowed open mat. So that okay. was from a gym that's uh, LGBTQ friendly. Like they're very like pro LGBT. They have rainbows and stuff. Right. You know? Alphabet people. Yeah. Um, so I had a transgender girl, female. Who was born a born born a man? I'm okay because I'm already confused. Yeah, I know. Yeah, born a man, transitioned to a woman. Okay, had the surgery. From what I understand, okay, um, was in jujitsu and was like going after other women in class. Like it was, it was hard to watch, especially okay. once I found out what what it was, right. what was going on. Um, so I had to tell this this woman that she was not allowed to train with other women. Okay. But it's it's also hard. It's like I rarely have to have that conversation with a guy. I say, hey man, you're not allowed to train with girls. You go too hard. Right. Most guys understand. Like if you're bigger and stronger than somebody, you don't need to just go nuts and ragdoll people around the gym. Right. You know. So how does this boil back to the no dudes thing? Um that that gym burned down. Oh okay. Um I didn't realize that was a sin. So there's this there's the segue. segue. Yeah. Nice. But they're like they're, like they're. So they, you think they burned down because it was the no dudes thing? No, no. I'm just saying they're very LGBTQ friendly, right? And then and actually, it was a separate issue about my my story. Oh, okay. But um, but they burned down, which they sucks. Go, they, they, no, it sucks. It's terrible. Um, but they have a GoFundMe, so um, you guys should look up the Eight Limbs GoFundMe online because yeah, I believe they were they're in West Philly. It's a very popular, open and accepting. Muay Thai school. I think at some point they had a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu program, but I don't think it's there anymore. Mm -hmm. And they were above a body shop or an auto mechanic shop. A car caught fire. The rest of the building caught fire, and their gym caught fire. Yeah, I think the gym's gone. Is it completely? From what I heard, yeah. Wow. I mean, they basically they burned down. Yeah, so. I saw them doing like classes in the park. Yeah. And I don't know the owners. Some of the people I know know them. Mm -hmm. I guess they're decent enough people. I don't mm -hmm. know them, but it just sucks for the community as a whole to lose a, a school that people enjoyed going to. It sucks for it sucks for the students because they don't have a place to train. It sucks for the owners don't have a source of income anymore. Right, their business is affected by it. But I think they'll bounce back pretty quick. Uh, but if you can, 
throw them some some cash some on cash yeah they seem to be doing like the gofundme has been very successful yeah and uh but helped them out eight limbs muay thai out of philadelphia good luck to those guys and hoping that it uh, it you bounce back from the tragedy of the fire bro a couple grand openings when when is when is Wolf Jiu Jitsu's grand opening? Uh, yeah, they haven't decided yet. So they they're open. They're open. They're and open. Classes. Yeah, they're yeah. open and running classes. So, uh, two of my students, uh, Shane Stride and Rachel Schoenwolf, just opened up Wolf Jiu Jitsu in Sickleville, New Jersey. So I wanted to congrat officially congratulate them on the on the podcast where they've they're, they've burned the boat. They got yeah. rid of their uh, other business they had, which was a successful landscaping and snow removal business and have decided that they want to live the martial arts lifestyle and opened up a school, uh, had talked about it for a while and decided to take the plunge and uh, they're, they're moving forward with it. You know, hope, you know, wish them all the successes. They're still going to be training with me. They're affiliated with NJMA, which is great. And, uh, you know, so I, it's, and, and I, I applaud them for taking the plunge and burning the boat because they got rid of a very successful business. Mm-hmm. And they got rid of a very successful business that also made their life terrible, <laughs> right? They, like they, it, it, you could see like every passing month that they were getting just like more beaten up and beaten down by running the landscaping and, and the snow removal that, you know, they just like, I just want to do, I just want to do what I enjoy doing. Right. Yeah. And this was Shane and, and Rachel talking about it. And, and I, I have a really good feeling that they're, they're going to be very successful for a few reasons, because they're you know they like they get the martial arts aspect of it. They're you know they're loyal. Their their loyalty is is of uh, of a high standard, I guess, and their ability to kind of operate with honor and integrity. Because there's already been a couple things of people going over there, and they kind of kind of hey Marco, you know I know you this guy was like one of your guys before. Is it okay if I? And I'm sure 100 mm-hmm. go for it. Uh, but I want to see them do well for a lot of various reasons because we kind of you know are. Our tree, like as like jujitsu people starts to grow out and out as our mm-hmm. students start opening schools and that kind of thing. So congratulations to them. They're in Sicklerville. I believe the website is wolfbjj.com. So you have any thoughts on the wolf wolf BJJ? Congrats. Congrats. Man, a few words. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Good luck. You'll need it. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. And um, Noah Spear. You know Noah Spear... If it wasn't for Noah Spear, I would not be here today. Yeah, well, he signed me up for my first jujitsu class at Maxercise. Yeah, it sounds like we're rehashing the Ando cast. <laughs> That's one of the troubles with like doing podcasts, and uh, I guess we all repeat ourselves a good amount. Like I've heard you tell the same story, like not on the podcast, but like in in life, I've heard <laughs> the same stories and same jokes for like the last <laughs> fifteen years. They're and, still funny though. I mean, I'm nice enough to force laughter sometimes. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And humor the stories, but I mean, we all do it. You know what I mean? I mean, how many how many novel or new stories do we have? Exactly. It's tough when you have when you have a to record what you say, and then and then you go another place and record what you say, and then you have to try to remember like what did I tell? So I, I one of and you know Steve Mote, Steve Mote. You know who he is. If you've seen him, you know exactly who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great guy, an attorney, like huge martial arts fan. Uh, Great. Huge. Great guy? Great guy. Great. Okay. 
If you say he's great, he must be great. He's a great dude. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why he's great and why okay. you should appreciate him. Okay. Because every week he sends me a recap of the of our episodes. Okay. It's usually, it, it's got, if it was a sheet, it would be like a sheet of paper recap, like eight and a half by 11. <laughs> and he goes through favorite lines, things we said to each other, things that made him laugh. Right, it's, nice. it's, it's probably the only reason I put up with you now is to get his feedback okay. and see what he thought was funny and get it, getting his insight. But it's one of those things that it's funny, the little things that make you enjoy doing stuff. Like I have, don't get me wrong. I really love doing the podcast. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but getting that email from him midweek after the podcast has been released, I'm like, fuck man, I, I said that. <laughs> you know, like, that's the other thing is I, people tell me things that I've said on the podcast. I go, I, I, I don't remember. No. I don't, I don't know what that's, you're talking about. That's the, I think that's, can be an issue why do you think why um because then like what just happened you say the same thing the next week and then people are like oh, i heard this last week no nah, i think we probably know it like because since we, we change the topics moving forward the, the only problem is is we erase all the old topics so we don't have like a list of things yeah. that we've already talked about but people the new the, the, i was going to say new students but the new listeners popping in it won't be a new it won't be an old story to them it'll be a new story okay yeah so but yeah so big shout out Steve, who's a good friend and student, uh, for giving me those recaps. I'll start sending them to you. See what you think. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, are you going to go to no? You, I can't. I would. So we'd set up uh, a uh, a play date for the kids after open mat no. in Jersey. So uh, that that was my plan. I hadn't. I knew the date, but you know, when your kids come up, stuff. I I'll, I'll be out to Noah soon. I always like going over there every once in a while and teaching a class and getting to meet his new people. But I'm very interested in seeing the facility. And he's, uh, he's, I guess he's changing the whole business model, right? Because he had, he had partner, like a, he was running a school out of platoon. Right. And now he's got his own standalone, like standalone facility for spear jujitsu, which yeah, I, I think, think is great. Cool. That's yeah. the way to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. It looks cool. Beautiful outside of the building. I haven't really seen too much of the inside. Nice logo, nice sign on it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how... So by the time Which this is, gets released, and you know what's cool is that he's going to be in Delaware County. There's not really much jujitsu in Delaware County. So how far was you? Because you guys were talking on uh, referencing the Andocast again. You were saying that it's kind of close to where you were, right or no? I don't know where it is. Havertown. It, Havertown. So there's Havertown and there's Haverford, and I don't know which one it's in. Okay. But they're both close to each other, so it almost doesn't matter which one it's in. Gotcha. Okay, so right, so right. it's in either Havertown or Haverford. And that's that's Delco. It's in Delaware County. Yeah. Um. It's like close to. It's like the. So Delaware County can have somewhat of a shitty reputation for being a shithole, but this part of Delaware County, this is the nice part of Delaware County. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard from the Pride of Briarcliff lately? Who's that? You don't remember who the Pride of Briarcliff is? If you don't remember, you haven't heard from him. Samuel. Yes. No, I, have, I, I saw him at some point. Maybe at the gym or something, but I haven't uh, I haven't seen him around too much. So big congrats to Noah, and I think Miss Isaac is his business partner there. They're going to be running the school and you know probably doing great and big things. So I think this is a this is a big step and a good step for Noah to have his own standalone facility, not in the gym. And uh, if you are in Delaware County and Havertown, go check it out. Even I, if you're not in that area, yeah, you go should. Check yeah, it out. yeah, I'll be I'll be because Noah's um Noah's. Like I said, he was he used to work the front desk when I started. He's been around jujitsu longer than me. How, was he around before you or after you? 
Who started first? I started before him. Oh, okay. But he, like the first day he was there, he was better than me. But he's the, yeah, he was yeah. like a guy when I started, he was like an untouchable guy. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. He was and I remember the first time I trained with him, I, I just thought he was the front desk guy. <laughs> the guy with the mop? It was just me. So I was, I think I was a white belt, but I could, I could do, do pretty well against most people when I first started because I had some judo training. But it was just me, him, and Rick training one day. And it was like the worst day of my life. For my ego, I get at least. I wish I could have been there. Yeah, but now he's he was really good. Uh, like I said, like he was a week in, and he was better than most of the blue belts that were there already. It was it was sickening, and uh, you know, accomplished competitor, accomplished uh, instructor. All right, let's move on to the questions, and we have a couple in the email that I forgot to to add on to this. So we'll get to them next week. We get to them next week, or you could pull it up on your computer if you want. Oh yeah. <laughs> Forgot I had a computer. <laughs> um, yo, I just caught up on the last three podcasts. Great to hear Jared a few weeks ago. I have a new question for you and Tim. Who is the best BJJ instructor you've ever worked with? Was this person also the most influential instructor you train under? And what influence do you think they had on your teaching style? From Pete Myart, old school Maxercise. Yeah. And I think with this we forgot to talk about the maxercise influence on the local jiu-jitsu scene. So we could get into that on this question too. But, uh, for me on a consistent basis, uh, I feel like the best instructor I've worked with, and I've worked with a lot of different instructors my, is our instructor or, or my instructor, Phil Miglarese. Mm-hmm. I think from a, a standpoint of nuanced technical ability, I've dealt with very few people that teach as, nonchalantly as he teaches while showing a nuance of a technique that could possibly be mind blowing Mm -hmm. and being in a class. Like most of the time when Phil teaches a class, it should, it should be like Brown and black belts only because some of the nuances are like, it's so matter of fact that a blue belt's not realizing like how important that switch of whatever he he's doesn't doing appreciate is, what he's getting exactly because yeah. yeah, i've been in those classes and i'm like these dummies are talking and i'm zoning i'm like jesus christ this is fucking groundbreaking for me what he just showed and these idiots aren't paying attention yeah you know yeah so from a standpoint of like instruction and i've always modeled myself uh that like phil and rick have always held a high bar mm-hmm. in teaching right so i've always you know like they're the the watermark on a regular basis of how i view teaching and I'm like, man, I, I just want to be really good like those guys. A couple people that I use now as a North Star outside of them would be the Henner and Huron. Watching them teach mm-hmm. is unbelievably technical and beautiful. You know what's interesting? Go ahead. Is that Phil and Rick used to teach those guys when they were little kids. Right. So it's like a lot of their, and I see a lot of like uh, Phil and Rick in those guys when they teach. And the, the other North Star is John Donaher. Not so much with how he teaches, but the the deep dive that he takes into positions and but also pushing the envelope of the traditions of jiu-jitsu or saying hey you know what we don't we don't have to be constrained by that mm-hmm. so the most influential person that i would say that i've ever dealt with is a guy that you mentioned on again the ando cast is charles williams who just got his purple belt right and he was, that was a, awesome to see yeah i wish i didn't realize he was getting his purple belt i didn't either it was super cool it was always super cool to see him because i you know, I, I used to see him a lot. He was like a mythic figure yeah. at Maxercise back in the day because he yeah. was a guy where you're like, 
if there was a challenge match and yeah. like he would have been one of the guys to do it right amanda levy just got submitted oh nice well not nice but hey it, it happens so uh he what what why i say he's most influential because at a, a really dark injured time in my jujitsu mm -hmm. he decided that he was gonna not let me quit and work with me to make sure that i got through this rough spot yeah. you know and i'll never ever forget that and you know i'm getting like a little emotional now thinking about it but he and i don't even think he realized how important and and how touching him taking an interest in getting me to stay or keep and i, I don't I don't even know what his thought process was. I didn't like me, didn't like me, but he was just like, you seem to like jujitsu. I, I love jujitsu and I want you to kind of, don't yeah. don't get frustrated. And I had shoulder surgery, had a bank heart arthroscopy. I would come and watch class and he goes, come here. And he's like, put your gi on, shove your hand in your belt and practice triangles. Yeah. You know, and it's, that's the kind of love and care that you can get from your jujitsu friends when they're like, I'm not letting you quit, even though I'm not saying those words. I'm showing you that it's important to. And uh, Zat Mariam, I think, had said it: don't let a injury become a catastrophe. Yeah. And Charles was the guy that forced me to not let that injury be a catastrophe. Yeah, it's cool too, because you said like, how well did you know him, like on a personal level? No, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But it's just, just like, like some guy, dude that fucked me up in jujitsu all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, but he sees you sitting on the side of the mat. And it almost doesn't matter like how well you know him. He just sees he sees in you what he saw in himself. He's like, oh, I gotta get this guy on the mat. Yeah, it's like if we always say it's like we're like brothers now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's super cool to see him get his purple belt. Twenty five year twenty five year blue belt. I, I went up and trained with him a couple months ago at really? the Northeast. Yeah, yeah. He's still he's still strong, tough. Yeah. yeah still, so what about for you? Who who would you say uh fits some of these best instructors you work with? And I'm gonna go I would go top three. So I'll say uh Phil and Rick. Um, Phil is like a guy similar to Eric Carner. Like they have such like a sort of deep understanding of the sport or the art. Right. I wasn't even thinking more Tyler because I would have. Well, yeah, yeah this yeah, is yeah, jujitsu, yeah. but um, I, I I recognize it with Eric too. Is like they're able to just like he could just walk by and be like, oh, you should try this, and then like walk away, and it's like, and it'll be a hundred percent on point. Didn't you know he I mean? show you a move? Like a week before a tournament? No, it was Brad. That's what I was gonna say. It was Brad Court. Okay. It was like Brad was practicing uh, flying triangles before the Pan Ams one year, and he goes up to Brad. He's like, "Oh, you, when you do that, he's like, just set it up with a foot sweep first. It'll get the guy to step his foot back. It'll put him in a off balance." And then Brad did it a couple times, and then tournament. Boom, ex exactly, exactly what Phil had showed him, and it was like perfect. Right. It was like a demonstration almost. Didn't you pull off something in the Daniel Gracie fight that he may have shown you or no? Yes. That, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah we were working on. Uh, a guy on top of you trying to punch you and how to bring him back down yes. and then swing right into an arm bar. Yep. And it's like exactly what I happened. knew there was something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, totally, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. But he's just got that ability. And, and Eric was the same. You know, he he's like, this is what's going to happen in the fight. And he could like see the fight before it happens almost. Well, working with Eric, it was just always like, oh yeah, just do this. And you're like, oh my God, why is it so simple? And why, yeah. why are you the only guy that's ever told me this? You know? Yeah. So And then Rick, like Rick's just got like a mind of like, He's like an encyclopedia of moves that no one's ever seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's just like, I think, one of the most creative, like, jiu-jitsu minds I've ever seen. And then third would be Lloyd Irvin, who was like, when it comes to, like, competitive coaching, he's, like, probably the best I've ever worked with. Okay. Like, training, because I used to go down there and train a lot, and I would, like, live down there for, like, a month or two at a time. 
and uh training down there for mma is like what really opened my eyes to what like real training was like and like what it took because i was training along with like ufc guys and um guys that were working in the ufc guys that had you know but it was just like brutal training nonstop. it would go from like you know we would go in in the morning and do like a morning workout come back and do conditioning go home sleep for a couple hours and then come back at night and sometimes we would get in there at like six and leave at like 11 you know but it was just training to the point where um i couldn't believe we were still training and i couldn't believe that i was still like able to like keep Phys- going physically handled. You know so, he- I mean? so it kind of like really like uh you know it just pushed me to the point where i was like oh i can i can do this i can do anything right you know so i think that's one of the created a new baseline for you and also just watching him coach fighters and uh sort of like break things down into systems like this is what good, we're gonna good do motivator for, too or for sure yeah, yeah. yeah it's just the kind of guy like he wasn't like a super like rah rah guy but you just didn't want to like disappoint him right you know what i mean like if you did he's like all right see you later like <laughs> it, 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 he wouldn't like berate you he doesn't seem like a very emotional guy either no but he just got you uh it was just it was i don't know it was just the environment he created was motivating like there was no uh backing down and there was no um pussing out really gotcha you know no bitch assness. No bitch assness. Yeah, right, exactly. Nice. Anything else you want to add to that? Or no, I would say those three. Um, that's about it. All right. Next question. We'll just do this one and we'll call it a night. What do you think? Word. We'll get those next two next week. Hmm. Sup? Man, these microphones do pick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo. <laughs> so two weeks in a row, you burped into the microphone. Did I? Yeah. My mouth was closed. I didn't burp into it burped in my mouth you, you, you burped around it no i just that's what i'm saying they're good so these smbs up, these sure S- we, we need to get the sponsor by sure smb7 i tried i tried to get the sponsor they told me to fuck off <laughs> <laughs> they said just buy them i think they were i think their official response was eat a dick yeah yeah it was like yeah just buy those shits sup my ninjas with the recent promotion of balance's first female black belt angie vogel i was wondering what you guys think holds women back from being promoted to the highest ranks in BJJ or even entering the sport in general? Is there anything schools should be doing to cater to women specifically? When rolling with anyone who is not as strong, skilled, or heavy as me, I tend to back off on my heavy pressure game to allow them to move. I have seen cases where some other practitioners will not back off on their pressure, which inevitably results in injuries and stink eye. Do you think this makes sense or am I misleading those who under normal circumstances could not handle the pressure? Also, a few episodes ago, I think you guys were talking about cases in which individuals were demoted in belt rank by their coach, but you couldn't think of any examples. My good friend once was a 10th planet brown belt, but changed to a more traditional school closer to his home. Since he never really trained in a gi before, they demoted him to blue belt. Even he agreed that rolling in a gi was a different world but he eventually earned his black belt anyway. Thanks again for the podcast, your procrastinating ninja, NJ. There's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. It's like, it's like three questions. I know. Well, actually, no, the last one's not, is it a question? It's more of a statement. Statement. Yeah, yeah, he's sending a fact. So there's like two questions up top. Yeah, so like, what, what, do, we, what do I think is holding women back from uh, getting their black belts or even getting started in, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? It's a, it's a rough, I think... It, this is a male-dominated sport. It's intimidating for a man to walk into a room filled with men. It's 
probably even more intimidating for a woman to walk into that testosterone charged room. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think part of the thing is having everyone understand that it's a welcoming, open environment that it might be intimidating, but it's, it's, you shouldn't feel scared. Right. I think some people don't start. And I'm just saying in both men and women don't start because they're scared. And I have guys tell me all the time, it was really intimidating walking in here. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that's part of the, you know, like the intimidation factor. And especially if you walk into most jujitsu classes, what's the percentage of men of women? 90% men, 10% women. Yeah. Right. So there's another thing that might make a jujitsu class less enticing to a woman, right? If they're walking in at that time. Mm-hmm. And there's, so then why is it harder for a female to get black belts? Is this because there's less of them, right? And if our attrition rates are the same, by the time it gets to black belt, there's less women to be able to, uh, to promote the black belt. I think that's the only reason. The women that stick are just as tough as anybody that does jujitsu, yeah. right? And they'll get their, their just desserts like they're, like, like they're supposed to. But I don't think once they're in, they're in. Right. Like everything, you know, is going to hold you back. The injuries, timing, you know, like blah, blah, blah. Like that's just no different between man and women. So I don't know. What are your thoughts, Tim? On- yeah, I think the. Uh, hold on. What's the question? Why? Uh, is there anything you school should be back doing? from yeah. being promoted to the highest ranks? Right. It, the same thing that holds most men from being held back. They quit. Most people quit. As, and just like you said, f- way fewer women start jujitsu. But the attrition rate is, I mean, I don't, we don't know the rates, but it's most likely exactly the same. Right. So I think that the, in, in general, the attrition rate through the martial arts is 7% per month. Right. So if you have one person, one woman joining per month and 10 men joining per month, (laughs) your odds aren't, aren't high, Right. but it it takes a rare man to want to do jujitsu in the first place. Rare person. And even more rare person right. to stick with it for 10 years um so it takes an even more rare woman because if if men inherently are more like want to like fight and are more aggressive right so but if you look at a lot of muay thai schools right like you could see a lot more women doing muay yeah. thai than than doing jiu-jitsu what's well, less physical contact less uh human co- touch yeah. grab grip yeah like i was we we were talking about this at the gym today i was at the gym earlier today Hellfish? yeah okay. and i'm looking at um some i think we were, t- we were talking about nj's question and he's like what do you think it is i was like well i was like santini is on or chronos lord of time is on the mat with his face stuck in a pool of sweat and he's got a 220 pound guy sitting on his chest like kind of grinding his face into the into the puddle of sweat right and they're squirming around and it's They've been there for an hour doing it. There's not many people that want to do that. I trained last night with Irish Kyle, who's an animal of a human being, mm-hmm. oddly from South Philly. And I thought he was you from- never know it. Yeah, exactly. I thought he was from Ireland. I thought he was from somewhere like down south, if you, if you look at him. But I was not warmed up, and he was completely warmed up, and it was one of the most disgusting training sessions I ever- I love the kid. Yeah. He's tough as nails. And at the end of it, I just turned away from him in disgust. I'm like, this is this is just this just feels awful, yeah. you know. So, and if you're not initiated, that just looks terrible. Yeah. So it's less women, I think, in general, are interested in doing it in the first place. Right. 
and then once they see it like they might be like oh i want to learn jujitsu i want to learn how to fight or i want to learn right. self-defense um and then they see it well, it's like well it's you know rolling around on the ground with sweaty people yeah maybe i'd rather just do muay thai right but the culture like right it's okay for boys to wrestle with each other typically right like we we applaud it it in general in society mm -hmm. but girls a lot of times are told that's not ladylike or that's not girly or you know like this that and the other could that be another reason that some you're coming in with some sort of cultural issue or saying well you know like that's okay for guys it's not okay for girls i mean i doubt it okay but it's possible everything i mean everything the only universal is that everything is both influenced by your biology and your culture right so maybe but i don't know i've never heard anybody say that's not what girls do okay i mean people say it i've heard it and i have plenty of girls in my jiu-jitsu class the kids class right so I've never seen a parent say that to a girl. I'm sure it happens, but right, but that's you're you see that with an initiated group of people. And also people. the reason why it's people think that is because it isn't what girls do. Girls don't fight and roughhouse. That's not how they interact. That's how boys interact with people. Right. Well, that's what I mean. Like that that inherent interaction that boys that's accepted for boys isn't typically accepted for girls. I think the reason for that is because it's not it's not typically what girls do. Right. Yeah, I'm just saying it's. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm, I mean, and that's why that then the taking it into cultural adulthood. aspect is influenced by the biological aspect that boys growing up just want to like run their heads into walls and fight yeah, and they're wrestle. Idi they're idiots. Yeah, I see that. I mean, I can clearly see in the kids' class, like the girls that are in class are so far ahead of the young boys as far as their we've ability. This, we've repeated this four times. I cannot agree with you enough. Yeah, it's crazy. Like there's like most girls can pick up the move really quick, and most got most boys are like picking their nose and like. And the girls are. I'll tell you one thing you never see in class is I always see like little boys constantly like looking for things to hit, whether it's the kid next to him or the punching bag next okay. to him. And I never see a girl like looking around waiting to hit somebody. I have also had more little boys cry in class than I've had little yeah. girls cry in class. Well, I, no, I've had more girls cry in class. Yeah, so, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, like maybe we're part of that generation that's showing girls that roughhousing is completely acceptable mm -hmm. for them and that they should be doing it and that these girls will hopefully be less intimidated into adulthood to continue into an adult martial arts program. Yeah, I think every girl should do it. I've, yes. I, I mean, I, just... I, I started my kids program so I could mm -hmm. teach my daughter. Yeah. So, uh, but even though I think every girl should do it, I still think you're always going to have way less women doing it than men. Right. Women just aren't into getting rough, roughed up. Right. They'll be more into Muay Thai. Right. Or, the, you know, like that kind of thing. And hitting pads. Like you said, there's less, there's less human contact there. Now, what also about like this? cauliflower ears. And I think one of the girls at my school is dealing with it now. But the good thing about that is they have long hair. They can cover it up. Yeah. I guess he's still got cauliflower. That doesn't, doesn't take it away. And what about the second part of his question? Yeah. That, so rolling with women is a, this is where you do need to have a cert, certain level of special treatment, but it's not necessarily because they're women. It's just anybody that's smaller, anybody you're physically superior than you should be able to like regulate your intensity on them. I was in Brazil my first or second time, and uh, some some of you guys that are like really jujitsu heads will know this name, Fredson Alves, mm -hmm. who is a high level jujitsu guy, and he asked me to train, and I'm probably forty to fifty pounds heavier than him, and we just trained light and moved around, and 
it was one of the best compliments I had gotten at that time. We're just saying, hey, man, you really get what technical training is. It's like yeah. moving around, having fun. doesn't always need to be, you know, smash and squash, you know. Right. Um, so whether you're going with a girl or a guy, if you're way bigger and stronger than them, you shouldn't be putting all your pressure on them. Yeah. So um, yeah, don't be a jerk. Yeah. But, and also, but we've had issues where like a woman will be mad if you use too much strength and they'll be mad if you take it too easy. So that's like, they get upset. It's like, you're not even trying. Right. Yeah, I've well, never had that happen. I always not try. Up, it's not up to you to determine how hard I go. Right. You know what I mean? Like if I don't want to try, I don't have to try. If, make me make me try harder. Right, right. And you if know. you don't, you know, and if I have to squash you, there's a reason why I'm squashing you. Right yeah, now. you can't be mad if if you get squashed. Right. You can be. I mean, everybody can be mad if they get injured, yes. or if they yeah. feel like the person's right. being malicious towards them. Right. But um, again, like I had to, I told you I had to um, not let my trans woman train with my biological, biological woman. Right. My biological or again, woman. still very confusing on yeah. on that term topic. Well, I think that's about it. How many times have we referred to the Andocast today? Not enough. Go listen to the Andocast. Check it out. Good f now, a good friend of Tim. Again, I'm having beef with Andy until he official until I get the official invite. Uh, Tim, what was what's our? We've officially landed on a date for the Ninja Rob. Uh, uh, Nikki Nikki Rod Orlando and, and Lando. What's the score? Zero zero. 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 So. We've officially landed on a date, correct, Tim? Yes. For the Ninja Rob was podcast seminar. November 16th, which is a Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. We will- Is it? Wait, it might be a Saturday. Either one. We could, whatever. It's a Saturday. Do you want to do it on the 16th or the 17th? What do you want to do? Oh, man. What do you want to do? I, I, I would think- Sunday? I think the 17th, because it's safe we do it at 10.30. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. We'll do the end of open mat. Then we do it. We rolls right into open mat. Great call. So Sunday no, it is. Sunday, 17th. November 17th, Ninja Rob podcast seminar. New Jersey martial arts. New Jersey martial arts. Maple Shade. Five, Route 38 West, Maple Shade, New Jersey. We will be officially doing our first seminar for all the listeners. We'll be setting up a page for all you guys. You will have to have listened to the whole podcast and know that when it's happening. So... Only for deep fans, it might be like three people showing up to the seminar. Maybe if they tell their friends. We'll set up a webpage soon. It'll be on the Ninja Rob podcast website. And we will be having the seminar. Please come out, sign up for it. And any other announcements that we have? Hopefully we'll be getting a sticker soon, but that's not up to me. It's up to some other people. I like the way uh, Nikki Rod's going after her. Yeah, yeah really pushing him around. And Sanchez looks like he's getting tired. Well, he's got a... He's, He's definitely not in the kind of shape that Nicky Rod's in. Doesn't look like it. Uh, anyway, I, I got to give Nicky Rod credit, man. He's like, I, I was going to not be a believer, but he seems to be pushing the pace here. Anyway, November 17th, it'll be from 1030 to noon. And then from noon on, we'll have an open mat. Tim and I will both be teaching the seminar. Tell your friends to listen to the podcast and find out how they can, uh, they can come and join us. We'll love to have you and show our fans uh, the support. And anything else, Tim Dog? I don't think so. All right. Peace. Tim and I would like to thank our sound engineer and studio owner, Devin Wade, for always doing a great job with, with the sound, but also the beautiful facility that we get to use here at SFX Studios. 
We'd also like to thank Eddie Lynn, who takes and donates his time to the podcast to do all the, um, the video editing and everything you see on our social media. So really appreciate that from Eddie Lynn. And we'd also like to thank our friend Ralphie Darden, a.k.a. DJ Major Taylor, who gave us uh, the original music that we use. So uh, you're welcome, Tim. For and almost me. just as importantly as everybody else that he mentioned, we would like to thank all of our listeners that submitted questions. This is the Ninja Rock Podcast with Marco Perazzo and Tim Carpenter. The podcast for the true martial artist. Thank you.